If only they knew the hub for young business minds. Welcome back to another episode of the If Only They Knew podcast. Today, I'm joined by Nav Sawney, the man who's recently been in the press for creating a washing machine. Now, I know that sounds quite strange, but we will get onto that and exactly why um, his washing machine is so powerful and the stuff that he's doing in general is so powerful because um, he's changing a lot of lives. Uh, but before we get into that, Nav, how are you doing, mate? You good? Yeah, really good, Ted. Thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's good to, good to be here amongst your listeners. No, it's all right. It's a, it's a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this one. I've been so busy this week. Um, so it's, I've been it's sort of something I can look forward to and, and sit down and chat with someone doing good things. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking Thank forward to it. Yeah. And what a time we're in right now, right? Yeah, <laughs> COVID-19, all the protests going, going on right now across the world. It's a really, really interesting time to just sit down and talk. Yeah, it's it's a good time to get someone on with a, a bit bit of a positivity, I think. So, yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I said, thanks for coming on, mate. Um, I always say to understand where someone is now. I think we can reverse the the clocks a bit and look at what a, a younger Nav was like, if you don't mind. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. If you don't mind um, starting off, like with with your life growing up, what was it? What was it like for you? Yeah, yeah, really good question uh, very curious child <laughs> uh, I, uh, I grew up in in London was born in London and when I was a very young kid I used to be really kind of obsessed with how things worked and uh, my my father uh, at the time was an engineer and he used to take me to air shows and so I used to be really obsessed with how things, like how these big objects were in the sky, you know. And I'd come home, I think I was like four or five, I would take out the, the toolbox from the cupboard and and take apart my mum's appliances, you know, like yeah. <laughs> TV, and, and not really know how to put them back together again. And that really pissed my mum off. <laughs> um, but that really kind of, that really, um, uh, really triggered my imagination of things, how things worked. And, and, you know, being part of the, the South Asian community, uh, you really get the sense of, you know, the world is a very big place. It's not just you. Mm. you know, so I travel back to India to meet family. And, you know, I knew that, I knew that there was a, it wasn't just me and my, neighborhood in London you know some bigger problems in the world yeah well I think just just before you uh, carry on with with that I think the people that are long-term listeners of this podcast will probably be laughing now because I always go a bit too deep early on I always like sort of try and solve the world issues too early on in this podcast but I think that that's a big point there like the fact that you were connected to that community and you sort of yeah or a bigger picture Whereas I feel like for, for me growing up, and I guess a few other people listening to this, they just don't have that connection to, to the outside world. And they don't realise, okay, the world's bigger than London or the world's bigger than my house even. Mm. Like, I think that's all. Yeah, 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 it's true. And, and to be honest, it's very natural, right? Like, mm. you're from Orpington, right? yeah. I'm from West London. It's easy to, it's easy to, to, to get, 
surrounded by just your bubble, you know, and just affect yourself to, to your own problems and your own situation. Because that's, that's, that's what we're, we're around. But, you know, when, when you're part of a community, uh, a wider community, you see other people suffering, you know, and I'm, and I'm all for going deep into conversation. So, <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I, like I knew that it wasn't just me and I knew that, you know, like we need to do more in, in, our, in our lives to help people. And I knew that from a very young age. And, and that always like, uh, you know, was at the back of my head. So I was growing up, I, I did various kind of volunteering projects around the world and uh, working in, in, in orphanages and, and things like that. And taking up engineering at, at university was a very kind of natural transition. Mm. Um, and so I studied aerospace engineering uh, uh, and then graduated and, and then got my, got my first graduate job, uh, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did. I did a bit of digging, and I saw a, a younger photo of you um, in the Scouts. Is that right? Was you a Scout as well when you was younger? Yeah, hundred percent. Were you in Scouts too? Uh, I was in the Cadets. I sort of missed the Scouts stage, um, which I think was almost detrimental to like my behaviour in school and stuff. It made me so naughty because I didn't have that discipline and re- uh, like the idea of being regimented. Um, so I missed that yeah. stage and I was forced to go to army cadets. And it, really interesting. Um, same situation. So I was super naughty. Uh, my father died when I was a kid. Oh. So um, eight, nine years old, uh, single parent family and, and, and two other siblings. And so, so like my mom was kind of clutching at different things for me to be responsible for. And, Scouts was a really good outlet, you know, uh, and any kind of extracurricular activities a kid can do, whether it's, you know, after school clubs and things are really important. I think applying yourself in different ways and, you know, making sure it's a constructive outlet like Scouts uh, really helps. And that really built my humanity up a bit, you know, like mm. helping others, you know, keeping to a set of principles and, and things like that. Yeah, I, I think it is important, like you said, to apply yourself, whether it's your passion or your skills, or just apply yourself within a, another community. Um, like we mentioned just a moment ago, like I feel like being connected to something is the best way to stop you going off track. Because a, a lot of people yeah. feel like, you know what, what's this world got to offer me? What have I got to offer this world? I'm just like, I'm, like you said, a single parent family, which I come from as well. And it's very easy mm. to think of ways to detach yourself from society. I think if you can try and think of ways you can attach yourself to society, I think there's so many benefits in that. Yeah, 100%. I agree completely. And, and you know, I think human beings need belonging. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to belong to something, a purpose, a wider, a wider, a kind of wider problem that they need to solve or, you know, whether it be a, a business or work or, you know, friendships or, or, or just being good at something, you know. I feel like people, people need an outlet and, and we're seeing that today uh, in the world, you know, where people are fed up, man. They want to 
It won't change you. Uh, and, and, and humankind has a way of, of, of recalibrating itself, you know. Are you hopeful for, for change in any sort of way? Do you think there'll be a massive change soon in society or are you sort of a bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 100%. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very rational optimist, I, I define it, you know, like, yeah. it's not just blind optimism. You look at the facts, you know, uh, compared to 100 years ago, we are safer. Uh, I mean, you can just look at World War II and see how many millions of people died in World War II, you know, and we're safer, we're much more open, there's much more rights, you know, uh, but that's not saying that, you know, the work's not done and we should rest on our, on our feet, but, you know, it means that, you know, there's been so much change in the last hundred years, think and then only imagine what the next hundred years are going to be like. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm with you on that one. I, I think if you do look at the facts, like you said, we're almost there. We've got a lot to cover, but we've also covered a lot. So I think we're on the, the right track. But going back to you, because um, obviously that's what it's all about today. Um, you, it seems like your background it, with scouts and like with, your, with your engineering sort of experience, even, even if it was just sort of almost reverse engineering home appliances, I feel like they sort of, the work you're doing now was almost perfect considering what you was doing in the past. So do you think they were linked in some way? And a bigger question, again, I'm going a bit too deep. Do you believe in destiny? Yeah, 100%. I believe in destiny. I'll tell you a, a very quick story. When I was 16 months old, um, I, um, I was on vacation with my family in India and uh, I was crawling at the time, and apparently there was a, a gap between the banister in the balcony, mm. and I crawled myself off the balcony uh, and fell from a first floor building. My way. And I, I survived to tell the tale with only like a, a fracture on, on my shoulder and my wow. head. And so my mum like 100% believes in like a kind of, you know, you weren't meant to die or you were everything is planned out for you you know and it wasn't your time then your time will come but you know uh, i 100% believe in destiny and you know just 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 my experiences in life you know with having a, a loss in the family so young you know it really kind of emphasizes the you know the impermanence that we have in life you know the, the very finite period of time that we have we only have 60, 70 or 80 really good years and that's it. <laughs> so, and, and how are we measuring ourselves? You know? like, when we look at, back at our 60 years of our life, like, what impact have we made? How many people's lives have we changed? You know? How have I felt as a person? You know? In Scouts, we have this saying that, you know, you want to leave something uh, behind better than you found it. And that's what I want to do in the world. I love that. I love when people come on and give those easy to sort of uh, clip out and put on Instagram quotes. I love that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's great. Exactly. It's really important. Mm. It is. And I, I've read as well, Nav, does it mean new in Punjabi or am I making that up? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, it means new. And my, my, my full name is Navjot, which means new light. So um, I'm always like trying to be the most positive person in the room, always looking for new and innovative ways of doing things. Mm. Whether it's going to a new restaurant or buying something new or producing new products, you know, experimenting with my clothes, friends, family, destinations, everything um, has to be experimental, I think. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I've really kind of adopted <laughs> that name. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think like it sort of ties in with destiny a little bit. Like even if you don't necessarily believe in destiny, I think even if it is a placebo, like, like you said, like if I had a, a really cool name, which I, I don't, I'm afraid with, it doesn't have much meaning. But if I did and I could sort of say, okay, I'm, I'm really going to adopt that name um, and sort yeah. of act as if it was destiny and sort of play that out i think if it is the placebo and that effect as long as you're doing good i think whatever your reasonings behind it are it doesn't matter sort yeah of. yeah it's it's you kind of live up to your name right yeah exactly and so uh, you were saying that you were naughty when you were a kid and i was very naughty when i was a kid mm. uh i used to get suspended from school uh you know really misunderstood child you know and like everyone said that Nav is, 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 is not a very uh, academic person, not very clever, <clears throat> not going to really make it in life, you know, or not going to go to university. And so you kind of live out the things that people are telling you, right? Mm, yeah. So it's, it's really hard to break away from that negative energy. Mm. It is. And it, it, like you said, it is so easy to sort of live by somebody else's perception of you. Like, like I, I was in a similar position. I was constantly getting told, oh, you're so naughty, you're so bad, like you're going to do this, you're going to do that. And it is so easy, especially at a young age, when the teachers who are your, one of your only authorities, it's so easy to listen to them and say, okay, yeah, I am, I am going to go to prison. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. And I am going to go to detention and stuff like that. It's so easy to stick to them labels, you know? Yeah, sticking to labels. Labels are bad, you know? Mm. It's, it's like... No two day today's no two days are the same, right? So mm. if you look in the mirror today, you feel like really crap, you know, like oh, I've, this hair's out of place, you know, mm. like I'm not feeling really attractive today, or you know, I'm just not feeling up for it. Mm. But yesterday you were feeling fine when you looked in the mirror, which mm. means, you know, nothing's changed. You're still the same person. It's just in your mind, you know, and harnessing the positive aspects of, of the mind and letting go of, of, of everything else, you know, because feelings are fleeting, you know, and if you, if you uh, react to every single feeling that you have, it's really tiring. You know? mm. Before we do get on to, to your project, I can see the logo sort of looming in the background telling me to get onto that. Um, but before we do get onto that, I think with, with mindset is something I've been getting into a bit. Um, so if you don't mind, if it's not too sort of personal, is there anything you do to sort of optimize your mindset, like any meditation, any sort of work that you do to do that? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> like really, really valid point. And uh, about two and a half years ago, I came to a kind of crossroads in my life, which was, was like high peak stress. Like there was several kind of opportunities that that. that 
faded away from me. Mm. And I kind of needed an outlet. And I took up meditation uh, on Headspace. Yeah. Uh, that changed my world, man. Like, my outlook on life. And I've meditated every day since. Wow. Two and a half years. Uh, and it's changed my outlook on life. And it's really kind of made me understand that, you know, sometimes it's okay to feel sad. Sometimes it's okay to feel happy, you know. Mm. And those kinds of things are in constant battle. And my problems are the same as your problems. You know, everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be successful. Everyone wants to belong to something, you know. Mm. And, and, and it's okay. And, and uh, we're all on this journey and we just need to help people along the way. Talking of helping people then, um, your project, tell us a bit more about firstly um, what it is, just for the people that don't know, if you can sort of paint the picture very briefly about what it is and then we'll get into how it came about if you don't mind. Yeah, so um, in 2018 I founded the Washing Machine Project. We make manual washing machines that save uh, time, water and effort for people who, who hand wash clothes around the world. So that's roughly around 70% of the world's population. We don't have access to an electric washing machine like wow. you and I. So in the, last, in the last couple of months, we've become really good at washing our hands, 20 seconds, in and out like this, with soap. Uh, but how have we washed our clothes? You know, uh, We've washed it with an electric washing machine. We open the, the door and we chuck it a wash our dirty clothes and it comes out wash. And sometimes we complain about that, but you know, this problem is very real. It affects a large proportion of the world. And uh, the Washing Machine Project has done research in six countries with over 500 families. And we found that, you know, the burden is disproportionately placed on women, um, with women um, spending more than 20 hours a week on this activity, on their hands and knees, in lakes, rivers, and streams, in buckets and on the floor, causing back pain, joint pain, skin irritation because of detergent. And a, a task like this that happens every day in households around the world should not, should not uh, be so burdensome, mm. you know? Should not be burdensome. And we take it, we take it for granted and it's unfair for people like that to live well i know that like obviously there are hardships in the world but honestly and this is going to sound terrible it's so hard to really think about it because like every day is sort of it's not really shown to me you know and and i just yeah. wouldn't, it's not something that naturally would come to me i wouldn't think oh how about this person in that country that's that's going through this um which is so yeah. selfish of me but I think I'm just a product of the society we've created and created rather. Exactly. Um, and I think a lot of people like me would be thinking that just sort of uh, oblivious to it almost, you know? Yeah. And, and, and a lot of these problems go under the, under the radar, right? So when we look at development aid, we look at, you know, does this person have water? Does this person have food? You know, does this person have shelter? If those things are checked out, then, oh, the person is okay. But, Actually, you know, things like cooking and cleaning are everyday tasks, but really, really toxic for the person, you know, that, that, that doesn't have a, an electric or gas 
gas stove that doesn't have an electric washing machine, you know, women uh, and also children uh, spend hours on this activity when, when they could be doing um, more productive things with their time, you know, like educating themselves, starting a, a business, you know, or, uh, you know, spending time with their family. And, and so at the washing machine project, we're really trying to change this with a manual kind of off the grid uh, portable solution that really targets this, this problem in, in particular. So like, like I said, and you said there, like some people are quite oblivious to it. So how, how did you find out about this problem first off? Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, um, as a, uh, an engineer growing in a, a kind of uh, leafy neighborhood in London <laughs> with a spoon in my mouth, relatively, uh, uh, I, I was oblivious to these, these problems as well. You know? mm. And so the, it, it started when I, I joined the graduate program at Tyson. Uh, straight out of university, I landed an, an amazing job as a design engineer, research engineer, uh, looking at next generation uh, technology. Uh, and we would get to show our ideas with James Dyson. And wow. you know, as a young graduate, mm. felt amazing. You know, could you imagine? Like you're yeah. you're you're showing ideas to, to to amazing people like that and. Uh, I spent three years on the on on the graduate program and, and in the company, and I kind of there was this kind of realization that actually, you know, my whole life I'm going to be making vacuum cleaners. You know, like my whole life, every bit of good engineering that I do is putting the hand putting a vacuum cleaner in the hands of rich people. You know, yeah, yeah, five hundred pounds. You know. It's not needed. Well, you know, in, like innovations like this are, are great and they're fantastic. And for people who choose to, to to do these things, it's amazing. And I respect you. But for me, it's like I want my good engineering to help people. Um, and so, what I did was I decided to 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 quit my job and take a sabbatical. Wow. And you can imagine. Um, my mum's reaction when I told her that I <laughs> I was going to quit a well-paid job with no money, yeah, and, and, you know, apply myself to 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 something else, and yeah, she was not happy. But it took a lot of persuasion, and what I decided to do was uh, volunteer for Engineers Without Borders UK mm. uh, for one year, uh, making clean and efficient cookstoves. Uh, oh. Another huge problem where 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 people use wood to cook their food affects 50% of the world's population. And you breathe in lots of toxic smoke, causes pneumonia, cataracts, uh, and all sorts. Um, so I was, I was working for a year in South India, making clean and efficient cook stoves um, with Engineers Without Borders UK and Prakti, shout out to Prakti. Um, and that whole experience changed my life my out, outlook on the world you know i was living in a very rural village um, called kulapalayam in south india uh, my next door neighbors around me had really humble surroundings mm. uh, gas and electricity was not constant wow. so 
there was frequent blackouts. Water was only switched on for an hour a day in the mornings. Um, so you had to collect all the water that you you had, and then that was it. And um, and I became very good friends with my 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 next door neighbor called Divya. Uh, and Divya has really simple problems. You know, she doesn't have a an electrical or gas cook stove that's consistently running. So she uses wood to cook her food. Causes really bad breathing problems. Yeah. She doesn't have an electric washing machine, so she spends hours and hours a day scrubbing each piece of cloth for her family. You know, frequent blackouts. So when her seven-year-old son, Suguma, needed to study for an exam the next day, he had to study in dark. Wow. So I have this vivid picture of, of, of Suguma and, 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 and Divya studying underneath the flashlight of my, of my cell phone. Wow. And really summarized, you know, the really simple problems that we take for granted mm. uh, that people like Divya are, are really craving for, you know, the, mm. the solutions to these problems, really craving for these, these, these solutions. Um, my, my time at Practi really taught me that, you know, you have to be close to the consumer. So that iterative testing and prototyping and, you know, each person wants their own different things. So when we're making cook stoves, the chapati or roti had to be this puffy uh -huh. or the, or the, or the, the pot had to be this big. So, you know, those kinds of things I learned. And so at that point, I, I, I said to myself, I'm, I, I promised Divya, I said, I'm going to make, make your washing machine. You know? Wow. I'm going to, uh, I, I said to Divya, I'm, I'm going to make you a washing machine. Um, you're, you're complaining all the time of back pain, joint pain, skin irritation. You complain about how time consuming is. So I promise you a manual washing machine. Now eyes lit up. And then uh, ever since that, I haven't stopped since you know like um uh to this day i have i have uh divya's picture on my bank card wow uh, to remind me of of that moment in time you know and even in this logo that you see uh, on the top here the logo is from uh kind of dark to light mm. and there's a heart in the middle and and that's, that's Divya and the consumer and the and beneficiary that we're trying to help. And the beneficiary is at the center of everything that we're doing, you know. People like Divya are never lo losing sight of, of the problems of people like Divya and why we're doing it and how we can help them. That is amazing. <laughs> and, and, but one, one thing in that, there's so much to pull out of that, but one thing you mentioned, like, when when the person's trying to study and and you're standing there with your flashlight and it was from your your phone was it the, the light yeah that's sort of like almost like a metaphor for it for the whole situation isn't it like you you're there they're struggling and you're there with a, a thing that you carry around every single day that can access the internet yeah. and call your family you can call your friends and just to top it off can also be the light that they so desperately need and that's in your pocket that's crazy Correct. yeah and yeah, I really believe that. Um, it's also uh, important to point out, you know, that these people aren't, 
you know, I think there's a narrative that, you know, these people are helpless. Mm. People are strong people that have pride, you know, mm. and they should be paid in the best light. They just need equal opportunities. Mm. They need the opportunity to thrive. Um, and, and that's what we're trying to do. And um, just before that as well, if we reverse it a little bit, you said you left your your job at Dyson. And was that sort of like your dream job, being an engineer and getting to talk to James Dyson himself? At that point in time, yes. But my dream job is right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's yeah, what I mean, like, how did it feel sort of leaving what was your dream job? How did that feel? Uh, and, and I'm going to say it for the first time today, like, if only I knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I was contemplating it a lot, man. And there was a lot of stress and strain in my family, you know, and mm. my friends, and like wider circle of like, why are you doing this? Mm. Uh, like, or, or, or you can just get it out of your system, you know? You yeah. need to do this and come back and then you'll yeah. be okay. You'll be okay. Uh, um, so yeah, really stressful time, but I knew kind of like, this is what I wanted to do. This is my interest. Uh, and I really didn't know how it would pan out, but I'm so glad it did. And if, if only I knew that, uh, what I knew now, mm. and that kind of epiphany, you know, like this is exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know, I want to, I want to help people with my engineering. I want to bring together a team that are also as motivated as me in helping the world with the skills that they have. Mm. And, and let's just get to work and do it. Yeah. yeah. I think it is quite, it's quite scary one just how easy it is to like you said pack up your your day job even if it is your dream job that you've sort of been working towards it's so easy to leave that and go out there and really make a change you're not putting money into a, a millionaire or a billionaire's pocket you're putting you're putting solutions in front of the poorest people on the planet that will change their life let alone their day yeah yeah and it's a really funny story. I remember being so happy at my job. Like, I used to come home in the car and, like, scream because I would be <laughs> elated with such happiness wow. of making vacuum cleaners, you know? Like, it's amazing how time changes. Mm. Everyone has their circumstances and everyone has their... Everyone makes makes their decisions and they have responsibilities, mortgages, families and mouths to feed. And at that point I was lucky enough to to have enough money to save enough to to, to make those decisions. Mm. I think that's another big point as well, like on a more sensible note, which I'm often not, I think if you are gonna risk it all and to sort of chase your passion or your dream, I think on a sensible note, have some financial security behind you, even if it's just a bit, you know, just have something to sort of fall back on if, if things don't work out or it doesn't work out in time. Yeah, and I'm Indian, so you don't have to talk to me about saving money. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, it's, it's really important, you know, just to have a fallback and, you know, just have, have things figured out, you know, uh, have, a, have a kind of safety net around you. Mm. And talk, talking about feelings earlier on, it, it made me think, how, how did you feel when you actually found a solution, this new washing machine that was practical, 
and powerful in terms of the effect it will have. How did you feel when you finally had that, that machine ready? What happened, what happened, uh, what, what happened in, since coming back from India has, has, has been kind of whirlwind moment. It's been a roller coaster, lots of, lots of happy moments, lots of sad moments, lots of challenges, lots of successes. And so I came back from India with this kind of, uh, with this in mind that I needed to make a washing machine. So I started the washing machine project. I also said to myself, you know, I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to um, really get clued up about the, the sector or the industry that I'm trying to tap into. Mm. So I'm start studying a master's right now at Bath University in humanitarianism, conflict and development. Wow. I'm the only engineer on the course, which is really strange because engineers have the impact to create so much damage in the world today. <laughs> and, like, and we're seeing it with people who make missiles, Mm -hmm. and kits and you know and other things um and and i'm also yeah sustainable sustainable future as well so i i, I currently uh, work in the industry uh, in the automotive sector uh, to supplement to supplement uh, my my uh, my endeavor at the washing machine project and no. And so what happened, uh, what happened uh, since, since we started in 2018 was I knew that from the very beginning, I couldn't do it myself. It's such a big problem. So I <clears throat> tapped on the shoulder of some amazing uh, people uh, from, from Dyson and in the past and from all connections in, in my network um, saying, can you help? Um, and we put a team together of design engineers, people are really good at communications to get the messaging out, people are really good at business. Because um, business doesn't come naturally to me. If, mm. you, if you give me uh, an equation, I can, I can do it. But you know, talking about putting 150 washing machines in Northern Africa, yeah. like, it's difficult, it doesn't come naturally. So, business strategy and communications and marketing. So people who are united on that cause. And so uh, in 2019, March last year, we took a very rudimentary prototype out to Iraq. So me and uh, a good friend of mine flew out to Iraq with the contact that we had at one of, uh, one of my student friends uh, in my master's course. Who, who invited me to a refugee camp to, to, to do a pilot test mm. to kind of see if, 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 if the prototype works, you know, if, if, it, um, if it's feasible. Yeah. Um, we interviewed 80 families, the feedback was really good. 85% um, said that it would make a real impact on their lives. And so we got introduced to the directors of Oxfam, they seed funded us. Uh, for 50 of these prototypes, we made 50 of the prototypes and they're being tested in refugee camps in Iraq right now. So wow. I was in Iraq in, in, in January uh, again this year distributing um, and, and we've been lucky enough to have lots of press, you know, on the BBC and The Guardian, ironically the Daily Mail, <laughs> uh, uh, to name a few. And, and we've been really lucky uh, growing ever since and 
you know, the team is amazing. Uh, big shout out to the team as well. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say about the team. So it's a perfect segue. It's crazy how you sort of really leverage your network. And it's something I've sort of trying to been preaching every now and then um, about the power of your network and the people that you were talking to that when you first met them in your degree or before in your uh, your time at Dyson or before that, when you was talking to them, you wasn't thinking of this project because it wasn't in your mind yet. But it's, it's crazy how powerful your network can be and the network that you actually have. And you don't even realize, like there's so many great people around me that almost like the Avengers style, I could gather them up to today or tomorrow and we'd have like such yeah. a strong team. But if people don't see that and they sort of waste the people they have around them and waste the network, you know? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, if you're trying to solve a problem, there's probably like 10 other people that are trying to solve it with you, you know? Mm. Uh, and I feel like, you know, as entrepreneurs or people that are starting up business, it's very insular. You know, you want to want to hide your solution. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been really presently surprised about how people, how many people are willing to help mm. get you off the ground, especially in the charity sector, humanitarian sector. Who, you know, I've been I've been telling the story of Divya and her problems ever since 2018. I'm not going to stop. And it's that story that, that really encapsulates me and, and wants, uh, want people to help, you know, because people are frustrated in their work, you know. No one wants to be tapping away at Excel or documents for eight hours a day. Everyone, people want to be effective with their time. They want to help people. And the Washing Machine Project and other organizations are a really good outlet for that. It's good karma, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a feel-good thing, if uh, if nothing else. It makes you feel good by helping others out. Um, and on that exactly. note, what what can we do to help? Whether it's whether it's your helping your project or just helping the world in general, what are some of the things that we can implement? Because there's so many people that I see on a day-to-day basis, and I could do little things to help them, but I just don't. So what can we do to start changing the world together? Yeah. I'm going to start on the world basis because, yeah, and then we'll move on to how, how people can help the washing machine project. So I'm going to start with a, a story, which is that if you're a mother that's uh, just been pregnant and, and had, a, had a baby, you've had two years loss of menstruation. Hmm. Now, um, if you're a manufacturer of menstrual pads, uh, a person that's just had uh, a baby, this is really bad for business. Because yeah, yeah. that's a consumer that's not consuming your products. Um, in the world today, the number of babies per woman is dropping substantially and population is going to increase and then drop significantly. Right. Um, this isn't because people are living less... People are actually living longer, but people are having less babies. They're becoming more educated, becoming more smart with their choices, having safer sex, and um, working. Now, if you're a menstrual pad manufacturer, this is really good for business. Mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Now, when you look at a menstrual pad company, 
and their advertising, why is it that a vast proportion of their advertising goes to pads that you can swim with or pads that you can go rock climbing with or pads that you can do yoga with you mm. know yeah you these companies are are tapping into the one percent they already have a market for mm. whereas the kind of 50 60 70 percent of the world's population that are growing outside of poverty they're missing completely Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't just apply to menstrual pads. That applies to every single product in the market today. Wow. You know, whether it's apps or whether it's hardware or whether it's cook stoves or washing machines. If if a lady is looking for a pad in the developing world, someone like Divya she's probably going to stick with that pad for the rest of her life. She's going to probably tell her daughter to stick with that pad. Mm. They just low cost solutions and they need them now. So people need to get into this mindset, you know, of like stop developing products for, or, or products that you're developing can be applicable to other people, you know? Yeah, broaden, broaden, your, broaden your horizons, but broaden your mindset because there are other people out there other than just us. <laughs> yeah, 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 and 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 just reading, you know, reading as much as possible. The the book I'd recommend uh, right now is Factfulness by Hans Rosling. Uh, I'll send it to you. Ted. It's really good. It it changed my outlook on life, and it looks at the world in numbers. You know. We're looking at the uh, the media today, and we're feeling really bad about ourselves. Mm-hmm. The world is very bleak, but it's not. You know, we've improved so much. That doesn't mean that we don't stop, but it means that we we take stock. You know, and and we reflect on the situation that we're actually in, rather than what the media is telling us. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's what I'd recommend. Um, and also, you know, don't be scared of failure. If you have an idea, just get on and do it, you know. If only I knew what I knew now 10 years ago, I wish I started the washing machine project 10 years ago. Could you imagine where I would... Yeah, that, that's scary in itself, though, to think that almost... But perhaps, I was going to say wasted years, but perhaps it's not wasted years. Perhaps you needed those no, no, years no, no, to no, no. elevate you. I needed those years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't have... I wouldn't have I wouldn't have studied engineering. I wouldn't have got the job at Dyson. I wouldn't have quit. I wouldn't have gone to EWB UK. I wouldn't have had this really interesting experience with Divya. I wouldn't have come back home and and done this. You know, like, mm. everything happens for a reason. But I think it's the fear factor. You know, everyone's scared of failure. But if you find that there's people along the way that are helping you, it makes it a bit easier. So mm. so that would be my advice. Yeah. How about for the washing machine project? How can, how can we actually help, if at all? Yeah, I mean, so right now we're we're growing a lot, so we're looking for kind of skills and expertise at the washing machine project that would really help grow our cause. Um, we're a social enterprise, so um, a lot of fifty one percent of our profits go back into the company if we ever make a profit. Hmm. Uh, so we take donations. Uh, through just giving, 
Um, so that's really, really, really important uh, as well to make us a sustainable business, to, to make sure that we have the right impact. And uh, exposure, so sharing, liking, tweeting, you know, tagging us. Um, but also, you know, uh, sharing the problem, you know, telling people about this problem. Because we're not going to be able to capture 70% of the world. It's not only on, on us to, to figure out this problem, it's on other people. Uh, you mentioned it there, you're getting quite a bit of exposure as it is, um, and you're changing the life of so many people. But what, what's next for, for yourself and the project? Is there anything in the mind? Yeah, so after um, this pilot that we've done of 50, 50 washing machines in, in 50 families in, in refugee camps in Iraq, we're going to really take, take stock of this. We take a really user-centered approach, so a lot of data that we receive of, of what's good and what's not good on our, on our, on our product. Uh, we're redesigning with the, the feedback, and then we want to launch a market-ready product by 2021, end of. Nice. That's what we're doing. Uh, a, a lot of work to do uh, until then. Um, so lots of people that we're talking to regarding pitching and funding and you know, making sure that we have the right finances in place to, to make this possible as well. Nice. I wish you the best of luck with that. My final question, um, again, a little bit too deep, but we're at the end now. So I think it's, uh, it's about right, the right time. What do you want your legacy to be? Um, this always this has taunted me for the whole, my whole life, you know, like, and we've, we've talked about it throughout the podcast, I think, and, you know, what impact when, when, when you're not here anymore, what impact are you going to leave on other people's lives? Mm. You know, so, um, I want to be known for for inspiring people to, to alleviate the burdens of everyday problems for people like Divya. That's my legacy. I love that, straight to the point. And you're actually doing it already. You're sort of building a framework for that. So I love that. The final thing then, the floor is now yours. If there's anything you'd like to, to say um, finally or anything you'd like the people listening to go and do, please let them know now. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Ted. And listen, um, life is pretty tough right now. COVID-19, the pandemic has touched the lives of every single person on the planet. Um, people are actively protesting right now against racism and injustices right across the world. And uh, it feels a bit bleak. Mm. But I'm here to tell you that Life is good, and um, things like this will pass, you know? And it's up to us as a generation, uh, our community, and reaching out to each other that will help us pass. And it takes a very active and concerted effort to help each other. And I urge people to just reach out and say, how can I help? I love that. Thank you very much. On that note, um, just before we say bye, where, where can people find you online and stuff like that? Yeah, so if you just type the Washing Machine Project 
on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We're on all, all of the channels, The Wash Org on Twitter. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Love to hear your thoughts. And yeah, let's just keep the conversation going. Perfect. I'm sure we will. And like I said, best of luck. I love what you're doing. Um, definitely needed it, like you said, during this time. It's a good, uh, good, positive conversation to be having. So thank you very much. And thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. If only they knew the hub for young business minds.